verse 25. Our theme continues to be know him and make him known. And we want to continue to know him and make him known. And the more we know him, the more freely and confidently we'll be able to make him known. And I'll talk to you about a connecting subject to the thought of know him and make him known. And I'm simply going to bring to you the thought, Christ the informer. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 25, Jesus said, Behold, I have told you before. This is a scripture you could actually memorize. I mean, just what? Six words? You could actually memorize this one. So let's practice memorizing it. Let's say it together. Behold, I have told you before. Let's say it one more time. Behold, I have told you before. God bless you as you're seated this morning in Jesus' name. Jesus makes this statement, behold, I have told you before. I want you to go into my heart and to my mind with me for just a moment because I feel like that we share a heart and mind and our thoughts are pretty much on the same things. But for many days, you guys knew this, while the Olympics were going on, it was being talked about and during, during the past couple of weeks, these things have been talked about that the Russian army had been amassing, gathering together at the border of Ukraine. And all of us, all of us that are in this room with an uneasy edginess, and this was the same around the world, with an uneasy edginess, we've been watching what's been developing. On Thursday morning, Thursday morning I woke up after learning that Putin and Russia had actually invaded Ukraine, I woke up feeling very uneasy. I'll be honest with you, I was uneasy. There was an uneasiness that I was feeling. And it was this, my thought was you. My thought was right here. My thought was and my prayer was, what do I say as a pastor? What do I say as a pastor? I know we're to pray fervently. We do have brothers and sisters in Christ there in Ukraine, and they are an incredible patriotic people. I'm very, very moved by the things that I've seen, especially with their president putting on a bulletproof vest and standing with his people and rallying his people to do what they're doing. People that could have fled the country and got out of harm's way are staying there. That moves me. And, and so I'm thinking about these things. Our brothers and sisters that are in Christ. I watched worship videos that were coming out of Ukraine. I watched a youth gathering video from a year or so ago that, was, that had been sent out. And it's been watched thousands and thousands of times. And I, I've wept over it. I've just worshipped as I was listening to them and knowing the song even though they were singing it in their language. And we do pray and we do support and we do focus toward them. But what do I say here was my thought that morning. And how do I address y'all? And what am I going to say on this Sunday morning following this evil that has been perpetrated against a group of people? And it was the Lord that led me to Matthew 24. I woke up. 
I woke up with him, the Spirit of God just actually impressing upon me to get up, go to my Bible, and this strong impression led me to begin studying Matthew 24. And so I read it through. I read through Matthew 24, and then I read chapter 23, chapter 24, chapter 25. I read those woes that Jesus had declared to the Pharisees in Matthew 23. I read about the ten virgins and, and the faithful servants and uh, the oil and the lamps there in Matthew 25. I, I was reading those things, and then I said, come back in and read Matthew 24 again. I'm going through this, and as I'm reading and studying my way again through Matthew 24, he directed my attention, y'all. Past signs of the end time, past warnings, he directed my attention straight to this simple verse that's tucked away right here in the reading, Matthew 24, 25. He simply makes the statement, behold, I have told you before. Or behold, I have told you in advance. I have told you ahead of time. I have warned you Ahead of time. So right here in the middle of this passage, as he's talking about, about these things that are going to happen in a short time and these things that's going to happen at the end of time, the warning is going out to those that are present and the warning is also going out to those that are sitting in this room today. The warning was needed in the first age and the warning is going to be needed in the last time. He was dealing with and he was predicting the overthrow of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem. And with him dealing with the overthrow of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem, his warning at that time kept many people from falling victims to the seducers at that period. But his warning, his warning leapt beyond just that first century and came on out here into this 21st century. And the warning today is used to preserve Christians from errors of infidelity, from false prophecy, from agnosticism, from believing a lie and being damned. So he gives us a warning for that time, but a warning that extends to this time. And the point of all of this is that the Lord is an informer of his followers. Our Lord gives insight to those who trust him. The secret of the Lord comes to those who fear him. The Bible talks about our Lord. He dwells in the light. Our Lord is the source of light. So our Lord who is light doesn't keep us in the dark. Our Lord who is light doesn't keep us in the dark. This, this is woven throughout the entirety of Scripture. Before Sodom was destroyed, God said this in Genesis 18, 17. The Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? To the believer, the psalmist records this in Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will shew them his covenant. He gives revelation. Amos, the Old Testament prophet, said in Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophet. He makes his plans known. Thank you, brother. In John 15, 15. 
Jesus was clear about that. He said, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Jesus said, I have called you friends, and as my friends, I'm giving you insight. James tells us that in James 2.23, the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So bottom line is, if God told Abraham something, he chose to believe it. He chose to operate in faith. And God said, that's my friend. And the bottom line is this. Everything that we see going on around us in this world today, our Lord has already said, I told you beforehand. I will not leave my people in the dark. You will not be caught off guard. Christ is the informer. It's who he is. It's how he's always been. This is his nature as it's given to us throughout Scripture in Isaiah 44. Y'all want to help me preach? If y'all help me preach, this is not a long message. And we'll just, if y'all listen quick, I can preach quick. If you listen slow, I have to slow down. But in Isaiah 44, verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them shew unto me. In other words, I know what's going on. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. God says, I'm letting my people in on what's going on. In Isaiah 46, verse 9, God says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God said, My word puts it into effect. And my word is going to not return unto me void. What I've declared, it's going to happen. It will take place. Isaiah 48, 5. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I shoot it thee. I let you in on what was going on. Not so you could say your idol has done this, that thing that you depend on so much has done this, but I, the Lord God, who knows the end from the beginning, I have declared it. I have put it into action. John 13, Jesus uses the same kind of terminology, and he tells us in John 13, 19, Now I tell you before it come, that when it has come to pass, ye may believe that I am in other words, he's not like some of our redneck friends that when they actually see something, then they can act like they knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I told you that was going to happen. You had no idea that was going to happen. Jesus ain't your redneck friend. 
He is the ancient of days. He is the only wise God. He is the one that knows the end from the beginning. And he says, when it does come to pass, remember that I told you beforehand that this was going to happen. John 14, 27, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and I will come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said I go unto my Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, or come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Are y'all catching this? John 16, in one, these things have I spoken unto you that you shall not be offended. Jump down to verse 4 of John 16. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So Peter, one of those that was with him, summed it up this way in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 17. He says, ye therefore beloved. Seeing you know these things before. Are y'all with me? Todd, is your zone with me over here? Zone one. Brother Beecham, zone, zone two. Is your, your zone with me? You're here. Zone three, Donovan. Zone four, Pastor Nick. Steve. We got to be together in this. So Peter makes this statement. He says... Read verse 17 again. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So you know it before it happens. Somebody say, uh-huh. You know it before it happens. And so if you know it before it happens, beware that you don't get caught up in the crazy and lose your stability. The most focused people in the world right now ought to be a spirit-filled, Bible-believing believer. That I'm not caught up in your crazy world because the Lord has already declared things are going to be this way. I'm looking up. I'm lifting up my eyes. I'm raising my chin. I'm focusing on him. So Peter said this. Beware that you don't get caught up in crazy and lose your stability. But grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So as believers, we're not acquiescing, we're advancing. We're not failing, we're flourishing. And we've got to maintain a mindset. There are people in other countries that actually tune in and watch this service. And for our brothers and sisters in Pakistan that's watching this right now. We must maintain the mindset. Here or in Ukraine or China or North Korea or India or Afghanistan or Pakistan or any access challenge nation, wherever we may be, whatever it is that we're doing at this moment, we've got to maintain the mindset that this test is temporary, the trial is temporary, life is temporary, but our triumph in Jesus is forever. It's forever. 
So in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we're connected to Jesus. When it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now notice this, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. I've got a feeling that there's some brothers and sisters in Ukraine. There, It's nighttime now. They're probably in bed. But some of them gathered together even with the bombs flying. They gathered together for worship today. They lifted their hands. They lifted their voice. They gave praise to God. They said, if, if Putin's bomb takes me out, I'm going home to be with the Lord. But I'm not going to be silent. My hope is not in this world. Paul tells us this in Romans 8, 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I want to tell you something. When hell unleashes a battle against you as a believer, it doesn't matter if you've got canned goods stockpiled. It doesn't matter if you've got ammunition put back and if you've got an AR slung around your shoulder and a 9 millimeter in your waistband. There's some things that bullets won't do, food won't do, supplies won't do. When you've got the joy of the Lord, the power of the Holy Ghost, Deep down in your soul. It doesn't matter if bombs fly. It doesn't matter if prices go up. It doesn't matter if you feel it at the pump and you can't find it on the shelf. What matters? I've got my eyes on my prize. I know the Lord. He's coming after me. Oh, let's clap our hands to him right now. Hallelujah. Mm. You gotta remember this world is not your home. You're just passing through. Your treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This is what grandma believed. This is what mom and dad believe. This is what I believe. It's what my wife believes. It's what our kids believe. This world is not what it's about. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 8, for I reckon. Romans 8, 18, pop it up again. Somebody use your best southern term, for I reckon. For I reckon that the sufferings, I'm glad Paul wrote in southern. For I reckon. I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. When I, when you, as well as thousands of other believers, are directed to Jesus' teachings of the last day, his word rings clear. And this is where I'm going to tie it all together. 
His word rings clear. In Matthew 24, 25, Behold, I have told you before. That settles over us like a comforting blanket. That settles over us like a cup of coffee in your right hand and a sour cream donut in the left. And your blanket wrapped around your shoulders. When he says, behold, I have told you before. When the bombs are flying and the prices are going up, when things are scattered and when things don't seem to make sense, just hold on to your donut, hold on to your coffee, wrap yourself in your blanket and say, God's got this and God's got me. Behold, I have told you before. There's three takeaways from Matthew 24. I'm preaching my guts out this morning because I'm not going to preach tonight. You're going to have a missionary and we're going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. There's three takeaways from Matthew 24. Y'all know I like to sum things up in three words. And they all have to start with the same letter. I don't have OCD. I've got WPD. Weird pastor disorder. (laughs) Write it down. WPD. Our pastor suffers from WPD. Weird pastor disorder. Matthew, there you go. There's something you can use in your medical field. WPD. The three words I want to leave with you is these three words. Assessment, attitude, Action. I'm going to connect them to verses here in this passage in the next five minutes, and we're going to, we're going to close. I'm going to connect in the next five minutes. We're not going to close in five minutes. i got to start being more careful with my expressions. We can armchair quarterback. We can social media soldier. We can critique and we can question. And you and I are a lot alike, you and me. We really are. I have strong opinions that don't come out my mouth while I'm behind the pulpit. And some of you are thinking, wow. If that's the truth, what are you really like? But I write my questions and I give my commentary in my prayer journals. My thoughts are on the pages, and sometimes my thoughts, if I write them down, it's safer than trusting me to make sure they don't come out my mouth. If it comes out my fingers, it's safer. But I wrote down in my prayer journal this past Thursday, the 24th, I wrote this down. And my thought was, if we, at this time, had a stronger leader in the White House, we would feel a little more secure. But then as I wrote that, the Lord continued to speak to my heart, and I began to continue to write, but the Lord has told us to look to Him. We can't pray away prophecy. Some trust in strong human leaders. We trust in the Lord. 
And so why wait for a word from Washington to make us feel comfortable when Jesus, two millennia ago, already told us, I'm warning you ahead of time. So what was put into effect 2,000 years ago carries a whole lot more weight than what happened last week. So you and I as believers have to continue to rely on what thus said the Lord. He gave three warnings, three insights, three takeaways in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is complex and it's deep and there's a lot of things in there. But I'm going to give you three simple things. You take these with you. It's also in the notes on the app if you want to study it later. You and I, we run everything based on time or times. But Jesus doesn't respond when his disciples ask him a when question. When they ask a when question, he gives them a what answer. When they ask him when, he begins to tell them what. In Matthew 24, verse 3, he sat upon the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. They were attempting to ascertain when. When will these things be? When will the temple be destroyed? What is going to be the sign of thy coming? When is the end coming? And Jesus' answer was clear. Don't be led astray. So from that, I derived the thought of assessment. This calls for assessment. Calls for the use of judgment, of evaluation. He goes on to list wars and rumors of wars. He begins to list things. And he he talks of wars and rumors and nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And famines and pestilences or pandemics, if you will. Earthquakes, natural disasters. Christians hated in all nations. Offenses and betrayal and hate and false prophets and deception. And so instead of answering when, he tells us what. And with it, he gives a warning. In Matthew 24, 12, he said, And because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. Sin shall be rampant. And the love of many will grow cold. This comes from the word suko, Which means to breathe. The thought of waxing cold comes to us from the mindset of a breath or the breath of life begin leaving the body. And soon the body gets cold. Why? 
because that breath of life has left the body. Sin and the way of this age, the way of this life that you and I are part of, this 21st century, it's had a desensitizing effect on humanity. Are y'all with me? And as a result of it having a desensitizing effect on humanity, it causes many to begin to, to allow the life of love to slowly dissipate. And as that flame begins to wane, the temperature starts to reduce. And before you know it, that on-fire child of God has cooled down and has gone cold. This age, and I feel the Holy Ghost driving me to tell you all this. It's a pastor message. This age has desensitized now for an entire generation. And things around us and all the stuff that we've witnessed has caused many in this room to begin to, to suffer from compassion fatigue. Pop mentioned a while ago about the large amount of funerals just within the past couple of weeks. While Bonnie and I were on a getaway to Indiana, we actually went to two funerals. We actually conducted a funeral. And as we've seen people get sick and we've seen them die and we've seen natural disasters, be honest with yourself, after a while, a numbness begins to settle in. Come on now. A numbness begins to settle over us. We can say, oh, that's a survival mindset. I've got to desensitize myself to what's going on. No, Jesus said it's a warning that the last days are going to bring about the love of many growing cold. Beware of love growing Beware of becoming desensitized. Because what happens on the other side of this, y'all hear me please. What happens on the other side of this leads to a self-first mindset. James dealt with that in James chapter 4 and verse 1. And I'm not going to read all the scripture. But James said, that all the problems that's coming up among you are because of your own lust and desires. Because you've put your self-desire ahead of the welfare of your brother, of your sister. And if we're not mindful of it, and if we're not aware of it, if we don't realize and if we don't assess the situation, we begin to find ourselves growing. And growing cold gives way to just an empty religious routine. Jesus knocked on the door of the church in Ephesus. In Revelation 2, 4, he said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Don't just come to the house. Be in love with the owner of the house. Don't just come to the church. Fall in love all over again with the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the builder of the church. The second thing is attitude. Jesus gives clear example of the attitude we should have 
today. Attitude is a settled way of thinking. It's a mental position with a regard to a fact or a state. And in light of what's going on, he said you need to have this attitude of being watchful, being, being vigilant, and being on alert. His word some set up in Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day came, or till the day that Noah entered in, into the ark, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also, also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Two are going to be in the field, one taking the other left. Two are going to be grinding at the meal, one taking the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Poke your neighbor that's about to fall asleep and say, watch. And then the third thing. We've got to assess, we've got to have that right attitude. And the third thing is action. It's not just enough to assess the situation, to develop the right attitude. We also put it into action. Action is what we do. It's something done. It's movement, it's operation, it's activity. And Jesus summed it up by saying the faithful servant is doing. Everybody say doing. Matthew 24, 44, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. For who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them meat in his due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Jesus said, I told you. Before, I told you ahead of time. He wants us to know him. And he wants us to know that he's ahead of time. But he's also uncontrolled by time. He's beyond time. But he's always on time. He wants us to know him. He's the author of time. He's the beginner of time. He's the controller of time. Yet he's not in time. Time is in him. Time doesn't bother him because he answers, because time answers to him. He is time. We have work days, we have rest days, we have sick days, we have birthdays, we have wedding days, we have short days, we have long days. But with him, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. See, it doesn't really matter to him about the time. Y'all with me? We're going to close together if y'all stay in here with me. It doesn't really matter to him about the time. And so when the disciples said, what's going to be a sign of the time? Give us an idea. Jesus said it's more important that you get a hold of the what. The counterpart of Matthew 24 is Luke 21. And Luke throws this in. But when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, Luke 21, 9. You shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. Poke your neighbor and say, be not terrified. 
This is Jesus' words. So poke them again and say, be not terrified. When you turn on the news, when you read what you've been reading, when you hear what you've been hearing, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Jumping down to verse 10, he said unto them, Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my namesake. But notice this in verse 13. But it shall turn to you for a testimony. He said, don't be terrified about what's going on. And to those that were right there, the immediacy of that situation. He said, it's going to turn to you for a testimony. That's what happened in the book of Acts. It's recorded. That when they began laying hands on them and trying to persecute them and stop them, it only caused the spread of the church. I'm here to tell you what's going to happen in Ukraine is the people of God are not going to be silenced, but a revival from Europe is going to begin to generate as a result of the Spirit of God moving. God said it's going to turn to you for a testimony. So I'm not preaching eight hours away in Ukraine this morning. I'm preaching right here in Lexington, Tennessee to a group of people that's in my heart. I love you with everything that is within me. But I want to shake you up in your spirit right now and tell you, you need to be assessing your life. You need to have an attitude that says, I'm going to be watchful. And you need to be busy doing the work of the kingdom of God because that's the one. Jesus said, when I return and I find my servant doing, that's going to be the blessed one. And what happens is going to turn to you for a testimony. Verse 14 of Luke 21, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And that very thing happens in Luke chapter, or Acts chapter 4. Jumping down to verse 26, Jesus said this, Men's hearts are going to fail for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall ye see, or they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things began to come to pass, look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I ain't looking at Washington. I'm looking up. I'm not even looking in Nashville. I'm looking up. I'm not looking around for my Prince Charming to come in on a white horse and say, I've got the answers. I'm looking for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that's going to ride back on his white horse. It's got a name across his vesture that he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's got the Word of God proceeding from his mouth with power and authority. Stand with me. Behold, 
I have told you before. Wars and talk of war. Deception and fraud. Unrest among nations. Famines, pandemics, natural disasters. Offenses and being offended. Hatred, compassion, fatigue, perilous time, false religion, and fake believers. He's saying, don't be surprised. Don't panic. Stay faithful. Because evil men are going to do evil things until he tells them, be still and know that I am God. Ignorant men are going to remain. And haters are going to continue to hate. But you guard your heart and you protect your love. And don't you be silenced by scoffers. And don't quit loving because of haters. And don't stop believing because of critics. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. Keep hoping. Keep helping. Keep heart. Keep doing. Keep being. Oh, but we're meeting opposition, Brother David. I want to rebuke some devils. No. James said this. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You resist him steadfast in your faith. You can't put enough characters on a social media post to get victory over what's facing you. You can't get enough thumbs up to get victory over what you're facing. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me to tell somebody something this morning. You're fighting this battle the wrong way. You're looking for your love in all the wrong places. It's time for you to get closer to the Lord. Draw nigh to God. He said, I'll draw nigh to you. And your power to resist is going to come from the fact that you submitted to God. And the word said, Isaiah 59, 19, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. Y'all with me? When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And Paul said in Ephesians 6, 10, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Why don't you just throw your hands up to the Lord right now all over this room. Come on, throw your hands up to the Lord. Say, God, I want to put my trust in you like never before. I want to put my hope, my confidence in you like never before. You've already told us. You've already warned us. Help us to connect with you. Help us to connect with your word. I'm asking if you want to close it out, come around the front. Let's Praise a hallelujah. Oh, what a beautiful way to take it out. Let's In the come presence around. of Lift my your enemy. hallelujah to the Lord. 